I invite you to turn with me to Scripture, uh, to James chapter uh, 1, found on page 1881 in the Bibles and the pews. And as you're looking at that, let me just say that I'm kind of relieved coming up here. Sometimes when you come to a church where there's a pastor who's a lot taller, the podiums are raised, the pulpits are raised, and then I'm just kind of peeking over. So I'm relieved that I don't have that here this morning. James 1, I'm going to be reading from today's New International Version, beginning with verse 17. uh, Verse 19, I'm sorry. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because our anger does not produce the righteousness that God provides, that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Those who listen to the word but do not do what it says are like people who look at their faces in a mirror And after looking at themselves, go away and immediately forget what they look like. But those who look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continue in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and the religion is worthless. Religion that our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. As some of you may know, the book of James was written to people who in some ways were much like us. They'd been kind of scattered throughout the world, and they were being bombarded by the influences of the world every day. I mean, even before Twitter and Facebook and TV news coming at us 24-7, people were still, nonetheless, still being influenced by the world, struggling with their faith without knowing that they were gradually slipping away from God. How so? Well, this morning, let's keep in mind both the Apostle Paul and the Apostle James. Paul emphasized believing well. He's known for verses like Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that says, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. It is the gift of God, not by works. And James, on the other hand, he emphasized this in James 2, verse 26, and throughout his book, that faith without works is dead. There you have it. Believing well and living well. Both emphasized. And here we see God's heart for all of us, for our lives, 
that we may have life through Jesus Christ, blessed life, eternal life that starts right now, life that comes from believing well and living well. So the book of James is practical. The author speaks directly to us, to his readers of that day and and to us as well, about living well in a self-centered, me-first kind of world. In this kind of world where we are bombarded every day by, by cultural influences, we need to make sure that we're living unselfish and loving lives. In fact, James says that if we don't, we're deceiving ourselves. We think we have true faith, but we really don't. Well-known preacher and author Francis Chan says this. He says, follow the spirit into action by having a deep, deep relationship with God, knowing him, doing the word, which includes living well and listening well. As Melissa mentioned earlier, or maybe as a bulletin says as well, I've been working as a chaplain for the last couple of years. Before that, for something like 35 years, can't believe it's been that long, I served as an overseas missionary in Central America. I worked as a pastor in Florida, British Columbia, and California. And I worked as a community-based missionary. In all those years, in four different countries and in all kinds of ministries, I've seen how important it is to hold believing well and living well together. And I've learned, no, I'm still learning, that one big part of living well is what I'm going to emphasize, be be talking about in the rest of this message. One part of that is to be listening well. And that's my message title, living slash listening. They go together well, because listening is such a key part of living well, an often overlooked part of living well. And God... God is still teaching me this through hospice and palliative care patients that I serve. Not only in how to listen to them, but also by seeing in them how important relationships are in our lives. Funny how clear that is to us at the end of our lives, isn't it? What is it that gives our lives so much meaning and purpose? At the top of everyone's list, especially at the end of life, whether they admit it or not, it's their relationships with God and with others. Loving God and loving our neighbor. Loving and being loved. One patient comes to mind this morning. It's a man about my age who is really hurting and toward getting toward the end of his life. And he related to me how years ago, when he was a young child, 
He was abused by his priest. And he came forward just a few years ago with his story. And that's helped him to come forward. But at the same time, this man has so much hurt. And that has affected his relationship so much that now at the end of a lot of his life, toward the end of his life, he's lonely. I mean, he, he's an accomplished guy. He's a, he's a, he was a Marine. He had good jobs. He worked hard. He, he accomplished quite a bit. But in the area of relationships, no. It's been so hard because he's had such a hard time forgiving others. People at the end of life recognize that their relationships are by far the most meaningful thing in their lives. And too often they have such sadness and regret because they've missed out by not focusing on God's love in such a way that it helps them to listen, to forgive, to take action with the help of the Holy Spirit. James says in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word, but do what it says. Yeah, and if you're like me, you're thinking about this priest, right? And you're thinking, go tell him that, right? And I think about that and I get upset. And then I also begin to think about how people over and over throughout my ministry have shared why they have left the church. And you know, it's usually not because of priests or pastors, but it's often because of people like you and me. Because they perceive, for whatever reason, they perceive church people as hearing the word, but not doing it. As talking about God and learning about God, but not knowing God. About believing well, but not living well. And let me tell you something. When that happens, it's just as harmful to someone's faith as being abused by a priest. And I'm not saying this this morning to make us feel guilty. Not at all. I'm saying it because I get sad, so sad, at seeing the love of, 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 of people not seeing the love of God through me, through us. Believing well but not living well prevents others from experiencing the love of God, the grace of God in their lives. And one big part of that again, one big part of that living well is listening well. What does James say in verse 19? My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Be quick to listen, 
right here. This is what James, one of the things James has in mind. When you come to worship, first of all, there, listen well so that you can live well. We are here today to listen to God. We come to worship because we need time together to shut out the influences of the world, to shut out all the noise. We come here and we listen to God's word through through music and, and throughout the service and, and in the sermon. Often, so often in our busy lives, we, we're, we're just running from here to there and God is trying to speak to us, right? God is trying to speak to us through nature. He's trying to speak to us at the park. He's trying to speak to us through what we're learning at work and at school. God is always wanting us to hear Him and see Him. And what are we doing? We're too often so busy. We're too often rushing from here to there and we do not. We do not see what God is up to around us. Before the days that everyone had a cell phone, a guy went inside a telephone booth. Remember those? He went inside a telephone booth and he called up a friend. And his friend, after he answered, could only hear the noise in the background, the traffic and all the noise. And he said, speak up. Speak up so I can hear you. Shut the door so that I can hear you. And that's what we do when we come here to worship, isn't it? We're shutting the door of the noises and of the, of the pressures and the struggles and the stresses of, of life, of the world, so that we can so that we are able to listen to God. So that when we're done, when we leave here, we can go back out into the world, into the noise, into the crowd, with God's word in us, with God's hand to guide us, with God's spirit to work in us to experience his joy in our lives. In other words, as God's word is in us, as we listen to him, we become less self-centered. We become more aware of God's purpose in our lives and in everything that we do. And as that applies to our relationships, what James is wanting us to hear is that if we are going to live well, We need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Maybe there's a reason God gave us two ears and a mouth, right? Maybe that's a sign that we should listen twice as much as we speak. So that in our relationships, we can listen, listen well. Walter Wangren, in his classic book, As For Me and My House, gives us some practical advice about talking and listening. For example, he says, we should always make the person that we're talking to feel valued and precious. As someone who God, who was made in God's image, as someone who God loves very much. Little suggestions that you may want to practice include these. Always look at the other person. Show them that you're interested in them 
that you care about them by your facial expressions. Use touch wherever that may be appropriate. If someone is really needy, hold their hand or put your hand on their shoulder and use their name. Yes, using someone's name. And yeah, it gets harder as you get older to remember the names. Sometimes you have to repeat it a few times and maybe you get it wrong. But when you show that and when you use their name as you speak, it says, I care for you. You matter to me. Consider how you're coming across. A number of of years ago, there was a study by UCLA that showed that only 8% of our communication, of, of being effective in communication, comes verbally, comes from the words that we speak. Another 38% comes from, is is vocal. It comes from our tone of voice and our volume and that kind of thing. But 55% of effective communication is visual, body language, gestures, facial expressions, eye contact, that kind of thing. 55% of the overall impact of what we say. When people are listening, when we're listening, it helps people experience that God is listening to them. God uses us to show his heart. And isn't listening just so, so very important today? Chuck Swindoll tells a story about someone who put an ad in the newspaper saying that for $5, he would listen to somebody who called for 30 minutes without judgment, without interrupting, without giving his opinion, for 30 minutes for $5. Swindoll says, it sounds like a hoax, doesn't it? He said, no. He said, actually, what happened? was that it wasn't long before this individual was receiving 10 to 20 calls per day. Many people, he said, will do just about anything for someone else to listen to them. Another suggestion is to listen for new things. You know, we so often can think, I know everything there is to know about you. I, 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 I got you figured out. No way! You know, someone else who's created in God's image? Someone else who, in whom God is working? There's no way we know everything about them. Gerald Dahl learned a lesson about this when he was younger. His one claim to fame, he said, was that he had a motor scooter. And he loved his motor scooter. Everybody knew him for his motor school, scooter. And one day, his um, chain of his motor scooter broke. And he needed a new one, and his dad... He asked his dad, Dad, will you get me a new, motor, a, a new chain? Later that day, he called his dad up, and he said, Dad, did you get the chain? I, 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 really, I really need that chain. And his dad said, um, no, I didn't. And before he could say anything else, Dahl um, hung up his phone, angry, and said, I can't believe it. 
But guess what? His dad was going to say next. What he didn't get a chance to hear was, no, I didn't get you a chain, but I bought you a new motor scooter instead. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I could give you lots of input about what anger does when we react like that kid did, shutting down the, you know, slamming down the phone. What happens when we get angry, when we get defensive? James says, In verse 22, I think it is, he says, um, in verse 20, anger, listening keeps wrath away, frustration away. Anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. So listening well might include really listening well to the person telling you, maybe you shouldn't drink so much. Not get reacting, not getting defensive, not getting angry, but listening to that what that person is saying before your relationships get hurt. Or maybe it includes not getting angry when someone says, hey, maybe you should spend more time at home, more time with the family. Not getting upset. Or maybe it means when someone at work or at school tells you you could be producing more effectively, you could be working better, you could be, you could be more efficient in what you're doing. Not getting upset, not getting defensive, but listening and seeing, considering what changes you might need to make. So, how about... This week, how about being quick to listen to someone that you haven't listened to very well lately? Maybe it's someone that you live with, someone at home. Or maybe it's someone that you haven't talked to for some time. How about picking up the phone and calling that person? And just asking, how are you doing? What are you up to? And have fun then by surprising them by listening very well. And can you believe, as um, someone said earlier, it's already December, it's already November? November. When I think about November, I think about Thanksgiving and I think about Christmas and that includes all these family get-togethers, these things that you go to. And what's the rule we often think about when you get together with others? At least in my family, at least with me, it's often been you can talk about just about anything. You can share your, your deep feelings about just about anything except, except religion and politics, Right? Well, how about this year we try something different? How about if we listen to someone else's views, if we listen to somebody who disagrees with us, 
And we surprise them not by, by not giving our own opinion, by not cutting them off, by not making them see things our way, but by sh- showing that we truly care for them. Wouldn't that show God's love in an incredible way? Wouldn't that show that not only are we believing well, but that we also are living out what we believe? That God's love in us that comes through faith in Jesus Christ, that that is coming out of us toward them? Sharing that love with them? Remember the patient that I mentioned earlier? At the end of his life, he's so lonely. He's trying to handle everything on his own. He'll probably never step foot in a church with reason. I get it. But guess what? He's reading the Bible. And he wants to know what God is saying to him. He's starting to truly listen to God. That's where it begins. And I just pray that he lives long enough to find some healing and forgiveness and joy in his relationships with God and with others before he dies. Where does all this leave us? Believing well and listening well go together. God wants us God wants so much for us to receive his love and to show it in our lives. He wants so much that we believe in order to experience his love and that we listen well to others, that we, that we live well and listen well to others, that he sent his son Jesus Christ into this world to die on the cross for us. This morning, before we go, let's celebrate that. And as we take communion in just a few minutes, let's see God's heart so that we live well and that we, that we believe well and that we live well. Both of these as children of God. And I'd like to close today with a little poem for parents about their young children, but which can be applied to any relationship that we have. The title of this poem is Take a Moment to Listen. Take a moment to listen today to what your children are trying to say. Listen today whatever you do, or they won't be there to listen to you. Listen to their problems. Listen for their needs. Praise their smallest triumphs. Praise their smallest deeds. Tolerate their chatter. Amplify their laughter. Find out what's the matter. Find out what they're after. And tell them that you love them every single night. And though you scold them, be sure to hold them. Tell them everything's all right. Tomorrow's looking bright. Take a moment to listen today.
to what your children are trying to say. Listen today, whatever you do, and they will come back to listen to you. Let's pray. Dear God, we, as we hear your word, we see your love. We see how much you care. We see that through Jesus. We see that in your presence with us. We see that, dear God. May it help us to bring that love into our lives, to do the word and not just hear it. And today we focus on this one area of listening well. Bless each of us here as we go from here to not only believe well, but to also listen well. To reach out to family members, to people that you put on our hearts, to neighbors, people at work or school, to reach out to those who may need a listening ear and to show them in that way your love. What a difference you make in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.